Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, friend, we have been in the book of Ecclesiastes recently, and it's been a very informative and helpful series as we are seeking God's wisdom. What's interesting about this book is King Solomon represented the ideal man, the person who has it all together, the person who has all of the education, who is wise, rich, powerful, and has everything a human being could want. Yet, in this particular book, we see him towards the end of his life, and it is a unique perspective of an older man looking back on a life of excess and success from a specifically worldly point of view, or a materialistic worldview, if you will, and seeing the vanity of life and the emptiness and futility of the life that many of us seek, friend. This program, Lose Yourself, is a call to discipleship. It is about us seeking after God's purposes and His plans and orienting our lives around where God is working and guiding us, as opposed to seeking our own interests. It just seems that our culture is mired in misery. People seem to be chronically dissatisfied. Mental health is at an all-time low. Comparisons online are warping rising generations. We have got to orient ourselves in God's word and our spiritual disciplines and in our worship, seeking first the kingdom of God, because that, my friend, is where true contentment and purpose in life comes. Today, we look at the second half of chapter seven. And in this passage, we're going to look at balance and what does that look like in our life? I know that is a controversial statement because we live in either a fast-paced world that has no breaks, or we live in a world where people are lethargic and purposeless, and it is difficult to find that balance. You might say, Mike, how do you find balance in 21st century culture? We're stuck between ambition and apathy, between perfectionism and carelessness and spiritually between legalism and license, which is earning salvation by making yourself miserable or just trying to live a life of sin and hoping that God will pick up the bill. Both of those are recipes for misery. And as we open up the passage today, we're going to talk about that. True balance and contentment comes in our faith. It comes in our trust of God and aligning our lives to his purposes and his plans as opposed to our own. In doing so, we see God work in our lives and allow us to do things we didn't know we were capable of doing. As we talk about balance today, this is not a call to laziness. It's not that we're not going to work hard and reach the potential that God has given us. When we work hard for the right reasons, when we're efforting in God's plan, and when we're working hard for the right reasons and giving Him the glory, that, my friend, is when we experience joy and contentment and our work means something. So let's jump into the text today, starting in verse 15. In my vain life, I have seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his evil doing. Be not overly righteous and do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. 
Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take hold of this. And from that, withhold not your hand. For the one who fears God shall come out of both of them. Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. All this I have tested by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which has been is far off, and deep, very deep, who can find it out? I turned my heart to know and to search out and seek wisdom and scheme of things, and to know the wickedness of folly and the foolishness that is madness. And I find something more bitter than death, the woman whose heart is snares and nets, and whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, while adding one thing to another to find the scheme of things, which my soul has caught repeatedly, but I have not found. One man among a thousand I found, but a woman among all these I have not found. See this alone I have found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Well, friend, let's jump in to the text. I want you to understand there's so many extremes that we're called to. Materialism, asceticism. Experiences, self-denial. There's emptiness in many of these different paths, mainly because we are focusing on ourself. Balance, I believe, is elusive because we don't trust God with the results. I believe that we are trusting ourselves to become what we think that we should become and judging ourselves on the ledger. We are called to grow and to mature. And I believe that when we align our life to our faith, he grows us and he helps us become the person that he created us to be. Sometimes that involves money. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes that involves a certain lifestyle. Sometimes it doesn't. But as you see with Solomon here, what he represents to us is if you've ever been curious about how the other half live. What is it like to have too much money? What is it like to have power? What is it like to have supernatural wisdom? I find myself sometimes wondering, what would it be like? In these pages, he tells us that he experienced and he indulged and he did these things to no avail. First of all, friend, it was not what he was looking for and thought it was going to be. And in turn, those kinds of behaviors will not fill us. If we're not enough without it, we're not going to be enough with it. That's where we have to make sure that we're moving forward. And again, I think it's interesting that this comes after the worship passage last week, because again, worship is how we orient ourselves towards God and give him the worship that he's due. Because really, what do we worship is one of the questions that I would ask. Do we worship ourselves? When we enter into God's worship and focus on him, our vanities and our silliness and our narcissism melts away. And we're able to be instructed and filled by the creator of the universe who can fix us and transform us in ways that we cannot. In so doing, we then begin to experience the purpose that God has for us that allows us to live a life of joy. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy comes from God. When we are living in joy, we can have life balance. We're not walking away from something. We are walking towards something. We are pursuing God 
And when we're in that pursuit, we don't have to live our life looking over our shoulder. There are a few lines in this passage I want to clarify. Now, obviously, he talks about the foolish person being self-destructive and rightfully tells that person, don't be a fool. That's self-explanatory. When he's talking to the person who says an overly righteous man, I don't think he means that in the sense of the way we use that word in church. Righteous meaning rightness, holiness, set-apartness. I believe that he's speaking of someone who's maybe self-righteous, someone who is earning his salvation through asceticism, through legalism, through self-denial, strict code of conduct. And friend, I have these conversations all the time with people. I'm a child that grew up amid a culture war where it was the legalist versus permissive culture. Many of the people that I've had to help pick back up and bring back into the church were people who were rooted in a form of legalism that was all on them. It was oppressive to them because, friend, yes, we are called to obedience, but when we are called to obedience without the work of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual disciplines, a loving God that we can reach out to, to walk in grace instead of legalism, that is something that is freeing to us. But without the gospel, legalism is a horrible life. It is one where we are trying to pass ourselves off as righteous, pass ourselves off as holy, pass ourselves off as good people. And deep down, we know the truth is that we we are just as sinful as anyone else. And it is by grace and by obedience and through the empowerment of God that we are able to live a life that is pleasing to him and less harmful to us, frankly. It's not the other way around where we wanted to use this as a self-help and be able to say, little vitamin church got me where I wanted to go. No, we are surrendering our lives to God. And in return, he gives us fulfillment and purpose. And in many cases, heals those tendencies in our life and allows us to live a life of liberty and freedom that is God-honoring and purposeful and inspiring. And so, friend, that's the life I want you to live. And we're talking about balance. It's not, well, I see some people say everything in moderation. That means they're just going to be mediocre. It means that you just dabble in everything. That's not what that means. It means that if you're going to live an upright life, it needs to be an upright life that is the result of a thriving faith and a relationship with God that makes that possible. On our own, we'll be miserable. And I think that that's where we need to make sure that in these extremes of our culture, where, my goodness, everything in America, we just go one way or the other. Everything's on blast 24-7. In the wisdom of this passage, we're going to have to come off of some of those behaviors. We're going to need to pursue rest. We're going to need to pursue balance, and God is the one who can help us do that. So to that point, obedience to God leads to purpose and contentment. And friend, balance is not laziness. It's a life defined by God's priorities, not ours. And that's the main thing I want you to get from today is that God rearranges our priorities, and that keeps us in balance. When we're aligned to those priorities, we can work hard and have purpose to it, but experience joy instead of being burned out. It matters because ambition that's rooted in idolatry leads to misery. But you see, friend, God helps us say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things when we're living this way. As we're winding down today, I just want to just leave you with a few thoughts. Balance begins with prayer. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Because, friend, the rest will sort itself out. Commit yourself to God. If you're not of faith, you need to come to faith. If you're someone who's been walking with God, but you're currently completely out of balance, you need to look at yourself and say, I am probably pursuing my own agendas and driving myself crazy. By submitting to God and asking him for his empowerment and his help, he can turn you around, friend, and he can give you that life of purpose and set you on that path. A lot of us being out of balance is a lack of trust. We don't trust God with our life. And so we're clutching on too tight and we're filling it with things that are not going to help. It begins with prayer, which will lead to a life of discipleship, consulting the scriptures and being able to pour that wisdom into your life. Because friend, trust God to define you. In him, you'll find your balance. Because guess what, friend? Life is too short to be miserable. We're here a brief time. God has plans for us and he has purpose for us. And when we trust him and when we follow him, he allows us to walk with purpose, peace, and balance throughout our circumstances. Because every one of our circumstances looks different. But amid any of those circumstances, God can give us purpose and he can give us contentment. I close today with this thought. Finding balance in the world of extremes is difficult, but a life rooted in the gospel leads to God's peace. And so, friend, that's where I leave you today. I leave you with God's peace in your life. Don't walk through your life hopeless. Don't walk through your life trying to fill yourself with empty things that are just going to disappoint. Let God transform and change your life, friend. I leave you with Philippians 4, 7 today. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Friend, that's my prayer for you today. Commit to God, seek his peace, and he will give you the balance you desire. I pray that you'll have a great day, and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.